This is The Bus, and you're listening to Drop the Dice. Like I said, the big thing is we need to figure out what we're going to call it. I don't know. I like we have to go back. It is a pretty memorable line. It may not be the most memorable. I mean, you could always just go with, Jack! <laughs> Jack! <laughs> sure, sure. I don't know if that has the same sort of uh, oh. depth, maybe. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I see. You know, hidden meanings as, as mine does, but what I about- guess if we're, just, if we're just spitballing, then that, that works too. Right, right. Okay, what about... Uh, uh, <clears throat> you all, everybody! You all, everybody! I you feel know. like that's actually probably pretty good, but that's probably right. going to be the name of one of the one of our episodes at one point. Oh, this is why you don't let me pick the podcast names. I see. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, you used to when you were doing the the back end stuff, but but it's tedious, and I know you like the tedious back end work. On my days off, it's actually pretty fun at like eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> to just like back end, well, the back end work is never tedious. I'll be here with like nice. <laughs> I'll be here with like a six pack and just like listening to us and I'll be like, oh, that was a really good time together. And I'll like text the group and be like, guys, this podcast is gonna be so good. <laughs> um what's up everybody? This is Ben from www.dropthedice.com And with me today is my trusty cohort, my East Coast correspondent and my former head of audio engineering, Mr. Rico Wasman. What's going on, man? Ready for something new. I'm excited. All right, so we mentioned on the last podcast, which should be going up within a day or two here, um, that we're going to be branching out a little bit this year. And one of the things that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I I used to write a piece about this on my old website, but it doesn't matter, um, is I love the show Lost. I think it's I think it's one of the best shows ever, and I've always wanted to like really dive deeper into it and and I think a podcast is a great way that we can do that that we can you know we can talk to each other um I mean the guys are more than welcome, but I don't the only one I can think of is Alfie who might wanna come on at some point mm-hmm. I mean maybe bust just to laugh at us and tell us we're stupid <laughs> uh, but as far as I know board games too so we got sure that. as far as I know the other guys don't don't care too much, but like I said. More than happy to welcome guests on uh, to the podcast. Uh, but for now, it'll probably be just us two, kind of going back and forth. Um, but real quick, like we do everything, we got to start this off the right way. What do you got today? Um, I'm still pretty low on the liquor, so I've got a passion fruit liqueur. You know. Oh, wow. Still with the passion fruit liqueur. So <laughs> I am actually saving fruit. the rest of the screwball since it was such a hit at game night. Nice. And I moved back to Kraken. Nice. Okay. Those are solid choices. All right. So here we go. Rico's last night in the States. See, it's crazy, dude. Kraken's really smooth. I'm ready for some drive shaft, man. Let's do this. (laughs) Is there, I wonder, do we ever hear that full song? I actually just looked it up on YouTube. And there is a minute and 13 second video of them performing that song live. I, I, I think it's nice. it's so good. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, okay, so, so we're going to talk about Lost. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through each and every episode, season by season, and kind of dissect it. Probably be about an hour. 
Um, I want to go pretty deep, but I don't want to go all over the place. Ideally, each, uh, you know, you know how I do. Um, like back end deep or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like they go in the back end. Um, so, okay. Fuck, this is going to be over now, isn't it? But real quick digression. <laughs> I, uh, I was listening to this new podcast today called Ologies. And I, I've been wanting to listen to it for a while. Have you heard of this one? No. So it's a podcast and I've heard of it before and I've heard that it's really good. It's this girl and she basically looks at different sciences. So the one I listened to today was on Egyptology. Mm. And then she's got one on eschatology, which is the science of the apocalypse. And she's got one on this and that and that. So it's called ologies, right? So the study of X. Got it. She'll probably so, do a, a, a sister podcast on like phobias, all the different ones. That would be interesting. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of like sawbones. But. Okay. <laughs> so I was listening to her and right off the bat, and I don't think we're bad podcasters, but right off the bat, I'm like, wow, this, this girl's pretty charming. And like, she's not, she doesn't come across as as like hyper intelligent and kind of like above you. Like she's very, very warm and she's very like, it's very easy to listen to her. Um, kind of like, okay, kind of the opposite of that chick from Serial. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like she doesn't have that NPR thing. Like this is clearly like this girl's just trying to like, it sounds like she's your friend and, and you guys are just having a cool conversation. Like, mm -hmm. like maybe she lived in the dorm next to you. Which is super, super cool vibe. And then like, the people she interviewed were just as like down to earth. And like the person she interviewed was this like professor, like the head of arts and architecture at UCLA. Uh, she's like one of the world's um, foremost um, um, like historians of Egyptian sarcophaguses, sarcophagi, sarcophaguses. Uh -huh. yeah. Like all this stuff, right. And just such a down to earth lady. And like, Oh my God, like the interview was so smooth and so good. And I was like, wow, like, this is all really eloquent. And I'm pretty sure on the last episode, we constantly talk about, one, how much of a power bottom Z-Man is. is. Two, if Chazzy Nono should go to the bathroom on air or not. <laughs> <laughs> so three, okay. three, quite a bit about Buss's dong. So let's just rescind the invitation for all the other guys to to join this podcast because we're we're much higher brow, and let's just invite some quality guests, uh, maybe Evangeline Lilly, perhaps, or uh matthew fox uh, just are you are you kidding if we could ever get to the point where like matthew <laughs> fox and evangeline lily want to come on the podcast i would fucking die i don't that know her podcast doesn't have 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 the uh the explicit tag no that's the only reason they would come yeah exactly nice i get it um <laughs> all right so like i said we're gonna go through we're gonna go through every episode of the show um dissect it okay so now why are we doing this so I've been asking um, myself that for a while. Cool. So let's talk about first um, your own kind of broad thoughts on the show. Um, <clears throat> I kind of I'm I'm not a virgin going into this podcast because I've seen up through season four, but I have seen nothing of season five. So wow! I'm, I am excited to start it over and take it all in fresh, knowing you know what I know. It's it's sort of cemented its place into pop culture um i loved the first four seasons so I'm, I'm excited to go through again and then like hit that season five i'm i'm like really jazzed to get to that point that um, is insane i did not know this because right, i know I alfie has seen it twice i didn't want to tell you because 
um i actually thought it would be really fun to like go through season five with no i think that's dope because i think especially if we're dissecting each episode by episode as we go Mm -hmm. going into season five i think we'll have all this information that i i didn't even have the time of times that i've seen it yeah um i mean even as as it is as we revisit what we do the more we talk about it the more that's going to kind of be in our headspace and like i think that'll be interesting um crazy i've actually seen the show three times Nice. Uh, so this is through. this is number four. This will be number four all the way all the way through, and then I've seen a handful of episodes an extra handful of times. Okay, I've seen the pilot probably six times. Yeah, I've seen, seen the series finale a handful of times. I've seen, and this is where I start to lose seasons. There's an episode where Desmond gets unstuck in time, mm-hmm. called the Constant, which is just. One of the most brilliant pieces of television I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen that a bunch of times. I've seen the season three finale, which is probably my favorite finale, so many times, which is where I come up with We Have to Go Back. Um, also, um, I would probably tattoo on my arm somewhere, not Penny's Boat. Nice. Like, I just think that moment, that, that last 10 minutes of that season are so good. Yeah. And just that, dude, that up against the glass wall. Fuck. Okay, can't wait to get there. <laughs> so that's our own thoughts on the show. Here's what I suppose to you, though. I think when the show was on, it was a big deal. Clearly. People were all over it, especially those first two seasons. It was something new. This was the beginning of television becoming serialized as well, where you can't just jump in. There's no way you start at season three and know exactly what's going on. And they don't really recap a whole lot. I mean, they kind of do, but not not enough where you, you, you can understand the the melange of shit that's just like brewing around the show. Mm-hmm. That in itself made it sort of inaccessible to people who wanted to jump in during the later seasons. And you kind of see this weird push and pull where they try to do standalone episodes and they're not as successful as maybe some of the other ones. Now, even when the show began to falter, I still think it was probably a pretty big deal and at the forefront of people's heads when they talked about popular culture and TV that were on the air. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree with that. I think that in recent years, the show has maybe not fallen out of favor, but fallen out of the, the people's heads, people's out, out of people's minds. I don't think that, that this show is brought up as a landmark of television a whole, as much as maybe it should be. Um, whereas something like The Wire or The Sopranos or, uh, I don't know, like any handful, like even like, like Frasier or Cheers, like these landmark shows, they still bring up when you talk about different moments in television history. And I think Lost did a lot, but no one I think brings it up anymore. Okay. I have two thoughts on it. One, does it have anything to do with it not being prestige cable? Like in, and the type of show that it is makes you want almost want it to be a prestige. Like, like we're sort of spoiled by the fact that we can get uh, more than your TV 14 rating when we watch HBO and, I wouldn't say the quality of an HBO show, even production is, is any better than what we got on Lost, but people like it to be adult in more than just like content um, or, or eh, not content. Well, I was thinking about that. And okay. I think that in the end, that probably shouldn't matter. I, I know that it shouldn't matter. And my, my second thought on it also shouldn't matter, but I think it's, I think it does um, whether people, um, consciously or subconsciously recognize it 
the second one being um that the ending so i've heard a refrain around lost saying that well they never answered anything and why was there a polar bear in in episode one and i think that that really dismisses what pilots do and how shows change from pilots there are so many shows that people adore and love that the first season sometimes the entirety of the first season is different than what the show becomes to be oh yeah you look at office parks and rec both great examples of relatively lackluster first seasons exactly or just in the pilot um something like the good place where the characters very quickly change from who they were in that pilot and um or you uh, girl which i don't even lo- i don't even watch but uh damon wayans jr decides to leave after the pilot yeah exactly i i think it's really unfortunate because lost threw a lot of things out there for that pilot to see what would stick it stuck and then they're really able to to mature that show and take it somewhere and unfortunately, if you don't answer those questions as the show goes along, people people can latch onto the thing that like is inconsequential. Um, so the wire is like grounded in realism, and you you know you just have to wrap up a few things, and it doesn't really matter how satisfying it is, but it's wrapped up. Got um, it. Which could be the case, but that's why I want to do this. Okay. What if I'm wrong? What if this isn't the second best TV show of all time? Mm. And. This is me being open to discussion, open to dialogue with you and whoever else wants again wants to come on. And hey, you guys out there, feel free to comment because I think we've had total five comments in the history of, of our podcast. But another handful of you have emailed us, so go ahead and do that as well. I think that's what's super interesting because there's plenty of films, there's plenty of board games, there's plenty of video games that I used to love and then realize they're not as good as I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Or they feel a nature, they feel a part of nostalgia that doesn't mean they're great. Yeah. Like Machikoro. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what I want to do. And, I want, and then I kind of want to kind of go in and out of like, well, if this is that great, why is why are people not talking about it anymore? Okay. And and I think that you probably hit it on the head with, with people have this view of the ending. So uh, real quick, before we get into the first episode, so today we're going to talk about the pilot parts one and two. Um. One, they absolutely explain polar bears well before the ending. Okay. I'm pretty sure you've seen the explanation for polar bears. It's it's not a season five? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's in season four. Okay. Maybe season three. It's, it's, they're, they're in the fucking cages at one point, like, for the polar bears. Like, um, but right. that's beside the point. We'll get there in a couple. I'm going to be mad at you if it's in season five, so great. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, <laughs> uh, aside from that, the thing with the ending, and uh, this is good, this is actually that's weird because you haven't seen it, and that's kind of why I I made the outline for the first episode this way. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, Abrams, Cuse, and Lindelof said that this show is about the characters. Mm. This show right. is about characters. This show is about these characters, and we're telling the story of these characters. Mm-hmm. We love these characters. We're going to tell their arcs. That's what we're doing. Yeah. The other stuff is kind of on top of that. It's kind of interesting. It kind of does that. All of it's in service of these characters. So fuck I, you if you don't know why the foot had three feet or toes. I'm or, telling you, I, I just, well, it, it, not sounds, fuck a little, you, it but sounds a little belittling people. to say that I think a lot of people 
don't like to be challenged in having to think critically about an ending. You know, like if the I ending agree is with ambiguous, that. I, I totally that. agree that people wanted to be spoon fed ideas. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, me and you, like, I like. I mean, it goes to films too. Like, I like movies where at the end they don't answer everything. They're like, oh shit, so. So was he really a ghost, or was he? Act- did he actually come back to life, or blah, 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 whatever it is? Right. You know, Lost does that. Lost brings that in. And Lost never hid from the fact that the show was about the characters. Mm-hmm. You go into that finale knowing there's no way, no possible way they could answer every single mystery. Yeah. And what they did. But are you, are you are you just accepting it because as it got closer and closer and more things weren't revealed or answered, you just knew that that was the inevitable. This conclusion? was this is literally the last show I watched live. I had TiVo by this point, but I made a point. I had I changed my availability at work so I could watch this live. That's amazing. Uh, I convinced Alicia to watch this with me, and she loved it. Also, maybe the last TV show that wasn't reality that she enjoyed. Yeah, like, like not counting like comedies like Broad City and shit. That's got to have some cultural relevance to it, dude. Like, <laughs> Lost is is amazing. At least I hope it is. And and we're gonna go through it, and we're gonna we're gonna find out. And I know I'm probably gonna be biased about most of this, um. But who knows? Maybe we'll come. There's plenty of episodes that I find lackluster. Um, I, already, I already like the show, but I feel like I need to be the. I need to be the yin to your yang here. No, 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 no. Fuck that. Because <laughs> we, we don't we don't need that. What we need is honesty. Okay. Um, and two, like, dude, this is a great pilot. Like you, there's no way you can you can deny that. Oh, it's it's it is in, you know, and I think that even people who don't like Lost agree that the pilot sets up this amazing show, and then where it goes from there, people are like, oh, but then the show sucks after that because it takes you down here. Where I'm like, oh, then the show is amazing after that because I just jerk off to it all the time. And there I go, talking about coming in, and I'm never going to be like that chick. (laughs) We know our place. We know our place, and it's fine. It's fine. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the uh, very first episode of Lost, but first we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, Tommy Irvine, hit that sweet music. All right, we're back, and we're going to start talking about the pilot of Lost, parts one and two. Can can I say something about the cultural relevance that I thought was interesting as you were talking about it? I looked up quick when Hero started, and Hero started two years after the start of Lost. So Lost was 04, and Heroes was 06. It it kind of interesting to... You, you were worried about the cultural impact of or relevance of Lost, but Heroes is gone. I mean, it's laughable at this point. And oh, I, was, yeah. I was reminded of, of um, heroes in the pilot because the pilot of the plane is, I forget if he plays a coach or police. I think it's a police officer. It's Greg Grunberg. He plays the police officer who can, I think, read minds. Yeah, and, he, and he's got the, the famous line in the first season that's save the cheerleader, save the world. So right, he's, in, yeah. he's in both those shows and it just made me chuckle. So Heroes is interesting because when Heroes aired, that first season is actually really good. Um, and people were saying, this is the answer to Lost. At this point, Lost, well, people thought Lost was starting to lose its way because it was just launching all these mysteries about solving them. Mm-hmm. Whereas Heroes was uh, setting up plot points and resolving them relatively quickly. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you were figuring out certain things. You figured out who Siler was. Siler, Siler, Siler was pretty quickly. Um, Married to all things were happening at, at, a, at a really breakneck pace, and and it was awesome. And then, of mm-hmm. course, you know, there's a lot of factors that went into that. I mean, the Ryder strike really screwed up that second season. But when Heroes came back, it just completely floundered. It had no second season. The third season was laughable. Can't even remember if they did a fourth, but they did a revival series, and that was horrible too. Like anything they tried to do to keep that show alive was bad, which leads me to believe, dude, the long game is the right game. Like you can't just you, you essentially like 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 motherfucker. Oh, the, the only thing that comes to mind is like you blew your wad that first season. Hey, we're in it for the long run. Yeah, you come back. You always come back to semen. I know. What what else what else excited you? Like so seeing that pilot was kind of a that was a nice moment for me. I also liked the credits when I saw the um the composer Michael Giancchino. Oh yeah. Um, who does all the Pixar movies and I was like so stoked to see his name there again and Did you and not know that he's again. a DJ Abrams guy? I, I do, but like just seeing those names, right, like got me excited again Which to watch the show. It's crazy because I mean I, I again I'm, I'm gonna sound like a lost fanboy throughout this whole podcast, but the Lost soundtrack is amazing. I believe that Michael Giancchino got his start making music for the Medal of Honor video game series. Which told oh, that makes sense, because that actually has amazing music. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, uh, I, I'm just, dude, oh, by the way, guys out there, old Medal of Honor games, if you can find them somehow, are incredible pieces of art. Mm-hmm. Like, the when Steven Spielberg was kind of like helping to produce them, they were insanely good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different than any kind of first-person shooter. Wow, this is a digression. Okay, first episode. We're in the pilot. This is what we're gonna do. Um, we're not gonna talk a whole lot about plot this episode. Um, we're gonna go into characters and talk about the very first time we see them. So literally the first shot, and then kind of what we learn about that character throughout these two episodes. And then after that, we're gonna talk about what mysteries does this episode kind of, uh, what mysteries does this episode begin. For those of you who don't who have never seen this show, if you want a one second description, a plane crashes, people get saved, we find out that we're on an island, we find a radio, and then at the end of the episode we find this distress signal. That's kind of it. And we're introduced to a handful of characters. Yep. All right. You took more of the notes on here, so let's go with characters and their first shots. However you yep. want to do it. Um you list the characters and I'll and I'll kind of tell you what they were doing. Let's go with Jack. Might as well. All right, so he's the first character. He's laying on the ground. Shot is overhead. Uh, overhead. He wakes up. Um, there's He's kind of disoriented, and as he's standing up, a white Labrador um, sort of runs past him, and he's like, what? And then he rounds the corner, and it looks like a peaceful beach, but then you can kind of hear some distress, and then as soon as he rounds the corner, you see the wreckage. And so right. it goes from immediate confusion to something that looks nice and then complete and utter chaos. So real quick here, I am also, oh, by the way, guys, all of you out there, and I'll say this for the first couple of episodes, but it, at some point I'm just either going to put it on the website or something, um, massive spoilers for the whole series. <laughs> um, yeah, for me too. So fucker, <laughs> this is going to be a little hard because, okay. So the very first shot technically is his eyes opening. It is. Yep. The very last shot of the show are his eyes as well. Are they uh, are they closing? <gasps> it doesn't matter. Oh, 
to me it does <laughs> um okay so I like I the way you described it. As, I, I, I like the way you described it because I, I haven't, haven't thought about that where it's almost like the very – you do see like a peaceful beach first before yeah. the camera moves and then you see the wreckage. And it's, it's – this is a glorious scene by the way. For for this age, what is this? This is 2001? 2000, no, 2002 maybe? Mm-hmm. This is an amazing scene for television. Like it looks great. Like this right. is – that had to be a hard scene to shoot. Yeah, the practical um, effects in this entire episode are mine. And I do like what you said that he's confused at first, but right away, it's almost like the moment he sees trouble, he snaps into action, which is Jack. He, yeah. You realize that he, he clicks into that savior role, and immediately he's going from person to person to person. Boom, saved him. Boom, saved him. Boom, saved him. And to him, and you see this as the show goes on, it's almost like a checklist. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he doesn't care about that person as mm-hmm. much as he cares that, okay, I saved another one, and I saved another one, and another one. Like, I think the character of Boone, and we'll talk about him, who uh, does more harm than he does good, even though he's, he is trying. He does make a quip to Jack at some point, and he's like, um, he just says something like, oh, wow, nice job. And he's he's commenting on the fact that how Jack was able to just come in and save everybody, and he didn't do anything. So Yeah, and, like, and you see Jack move through, too. Like, the guy's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I think the next person we see is Charlie. Okay. Uh, Charlie is wandering in front of a still turning engine that's like on the beach right there. And he's in a daze and he's just kind of walking forward. Um, and you know, so I have seen the show before. I know that Charlie is a drug addict. And <clears throat> my first thought was like, oh, is he already coming down or is he in a haze you know of um of a drug stupor um i don't think either of those are the case i think that he is just dazed but but he's he's kind of walking around in front of the engine that's pretty interesting and i was trying to think about what charlie was doing um and of course through the through the rest of this episode we do find out that he had like stashed some drugs in the bathroom Mm -hmm. uh he's clearly going through withdrawals at some point and we find out that he's in a band called Drive Shaft. Drive Shaft. You all, everybody. They have a very, very popular song that we will sing countless times throughout this podcast because it's just fabulous. At one point, we should play 10 seconds of, the, of that YouTube clip over and over again so that yeah. we don't get sued. It's got very deep lyrics. Um, you all, it. <laughs> right. My favorite part is that he keeps telling people, he's like, you don't, you don't know this. And then he just keeps singing the same line over again like that's gonna do it for him he's it's like that, no, no, no. okay, okay. Yeah. It's, you all everybody it's that definition of, it's that like definitive uh i'm gonna explain something to you and then you don't understand so i'm gonna say it louder yeah, that's right um and charlie we we realize is is uh i don't know he's not really like aloof but he's kind of he's kind of a good guy not Whoa. a good guy but he like he he, he he's definitely self-serving but you there's nothing malicious about him. No, but he, he has some self-esteem issues, perhaps. Um, when he's talking about Drive Shaft, he does say that he's like, oh, you don't know that song? I, I did the backing vocals on that song. And, yeah. and so he it, it's not even him singing it. Like, he's just doing the backup vocals. That's a good point. And then, like, that, that, that'll come back is he, he constantly is striving to be kind of this mm-hmm. part of, like, this greater good. 
or, or part of something, anything that matters. And uh, that's definitely his character arc that we'll see. All right, so it's Charlie. Who next? Um, I think we see Jin. Who okay. it, it surprised me to see Jin because Jin was looking for Walt. Like right there on the beach, first scene, he says the name Walt. Okay. Jin? Pretty sure, what? yeah. You mean Michael? No. Daniel Day Kim was looking for uh -huh. Walt. Uh-huh. He says Walt. All right. Yeah, I took a note of And like it surprised me too. I was like, why, why, why did he say Walt? Because he yeah. pretends, you know what I mean? He like only knows Korean for, for the first season or whatever. Well, he, he's the one that only knows Korean. Son knows Korean. Son knows English. So let's talk but, about Jason's son. What's son doing as well? I didn't see son. I think she's on the beach, but quickly. Right. I, 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 you I, might think, I don't think we don't, her. I don't think we see her until her and Jin are doing something together later. Exactly. He's being um, to her. So I think these two are probably the most interconnected characters in terms of their storyline okay. and how they progress throughout the show. Um, I think, I think it's even in this first season out, it might be next season. At one point, Jin gets separated and it feels really disjointed. I mean, Sun's constantly kind of asking where's Sun or where's Jin, where's Jin. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really cool moment that I've always loved in the, in the part two of the pilot where Michael comes along looking for the dog and Sun is trying to speak to him in Korean and Jin kind of yells at her and she buttons this, like, not mm -hmm. even like, this very top button of her cardigan. <laughs> the one that doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's such like a like it's such a defining moment for their relationship where you kind of really understand like like kind of their dynamic, which is interesting because as the thing goes on, you see maybe she actually had more of the power at some point. Or I mean she's definitely more privileged if if anything. Um I really I've always liked that. I you you find out right away in, in that um um, Jin absolutely is a good guy and a fisherman. Sure. I mean, in the second in the pilot or in the second part of the pilot, he's uh, he's he's caught a bunch of fish, and he's like he's he's filleted and, and, and done whatever, and he's trying to offer it to different people. Yeah, he made a little mentor. And, bowl. and uh, I, I love uh, we'll get to Hurley, but I love Hurley saying like, "Bro, I'm huge and starving, but I'm not that hungry yet." <laughs> And I love Jin, like, just, like, and, and they stick to it for a while where, like, he just, they only speak Korean, which I remember at the time thinking it was so cool that they're mm -hmm. so dedicated to this. Like, their whole first episode together, I believe, is all in Korean. Mm -hmm. And I remember being blown away that on on, on a freaking, like, 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 ABC, there was a, an episode of TV that was just all in a foreign language. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred million dollar pilot. Yeah. And then you have so then Jin goes. There's a cool moment with Jin, Jin and Claire where uh, she finally all, takes the 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 fish, and her baby starts moving, mm -hmm. and she grabs Jin's hand, and you see that like this, he's super uncomfortable, right? Like, but you kind of like he he appeared to be kind of like this rock hard guy, but like you realize okay, there's there's way more to this guy than that. Like you know, he touches the baby, and he's surprised as well, and. He's saying stuff in Korean, and it's it's just like a really cool moment, and 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 I think the show does a great job at hum like humanizing a lot of these these characters really well. 
Where they, it's clear that there's there's more to him than that. Sure. This isn't just your he's a man and and these are typical values and, and I'm going to be a man. You know, like there's stuff going on. Um, so that's Jin and Son, Charlie, Jack. Who else we got? Um, so next you see a couple people in pretty rapid succession. You see Claire. She's having contractions on the beach and um, she's calling over for help. And um, as the camera pans, you see Locke, who's trying to stop somebody from, um, from I think, getting sucked into the engine as well. So he's like pulling someone away from, from the immediate wreckage there. And it keeps panning over and she's having contractions. Um, and then Hurley gets involved and Hurley is, is where Jack is there and Jack calls over Hurley because Jack needs to go put out the next fire and leaves Hurley in charge of sort of being with um, Claire and, and her, her contractions. And Hurley is definitely uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, he later faints by, from seeing some blood. So you, you definitely know he's, he's a pretty squeamish guy. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think I think it's those three that you see in like the span of about ten seconds. All right, so uh, Claire, we kind of already talked about. I I love that. Um, you know, these first couple of episodes are are all about her baby, and that's definitely a very big part of the first season. Um, I appreciate that the writers, once she has her baby, they really start to develop her character a lot more, and we see that Claire's more than just this girl who got pregnant. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a, a really good move, but it's smart that like that's a really good emotional buy-in. Like, okay, like there's a pregnant girl that's easy for a lot of people to associate with and understand. Like, holy shit, what is she gonna do on this deserted island? Yeah, you know that's an easy like association there. So I thought that was smart. Um, Claire, arguably one of my least favorite characters. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I think uh, she's she's definitely the most immediately compassionate of the group. She's just super uninteresting to me later on. <laughs> okay. Um, have you see this is crazy because I don't know where everything's at. I don't like do you know what her whole deal is and who her father is? I don't think I remember. Okay. So we find out later on kind of a little bit more of her family history. It is pretty interesting, but then I always felt that maybe that one was a little bit of a gimmick. But she's there. I do love her stuff with Charlie. I think that's really charming when we get to that. Yeah. Um, her baby ends up being a pretty big deal, uh, but we'll get to Claire a little bit later. I don't hate her. She's just, she's just whatever. Huh. Locke. When, at one point in the pilot, Locke is moving his toes in the sand. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's, it's after the wreckage. There's a couple scenes of him just sort of like sitting and smiling and like enjoying him, his time. Oh. Which I believe we find out either in episode two or three is because he's paralyzed. All right, until he crashed. Yeah, and now he can walk again. Um, so you, and, you and see this, it more than once, which, you know, makes sense. Um, in this episode, we find um, he plays backgammon, which we'll get to in a second. Um, or he finds a backgammon board, kind of explains that to Walt, who is Michael's son. Kind of what backgammon is, and again, we'll get to that soon. And I think that that it's interesting that even in episode one, Locke's setting up the whole story, and he arguably is a catalyst more than Jack for what mm-hmm. the story is going to become. Yeah, you know, but as much him, as he definitely is in the background of the pilot, right? And like you know, having 
you know, the foresight or uh, hindsight that I have now, yeah. it's really cool to see how much he's setting up. All right, Hurley. Dude, Hurley's intro is so good. First episode, you realize this guy is the most lovable person on the island. I, I actually think he's kind of an asshole. What? Yeah. Like, he... Dude, him passing out because of the blood is amazing. Him passing out because of the blood is amazing. But, like, he doesn't really want to help people. He isn't really accommodating to them. Yeah, he's not going to, like really take one for the team i and and i say that as he did help out claire and he did uh you know pass out uh helping somebody through surgery but i just i don't know like he, he's got a couple of remarks that that come off as like pretty grating i i think like what um well there's the one to gin where he wouldn't take the fish i didn't say no thank you but was like bro like <laughs> I'm a fat guy and I'm nowhere near this hungry. And I was like, that's unnecessary. Someone's trying to be nice to you. But he wasn't rude to Jim. I thought it was a little rude. All right, all right. We'll see. We'll see if it holds up. Okay. So that's uh do we have something for Michael? Um, I don't think that we see Michael until after the wreckage. Um, and I think in the first scene you have with Michael, Walt is trying to go find um, Vincent. Then he has a name. God. Yeah, Vincent. And the the feeling that I got from that is so one is a protective father, but but two, it's a it's a protective black father who's like really worried about his son going off on his own um, because he's scared for his kid. Like that. That's the 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 feeling that I got about it because he definitely dis distances himself from the rest of the group. Um, and that, that was the, uh, the emotion that I got from it, you know, a kind of a lifetime of, of trying to protect his kid and raise him in a, in an unforgiving and um, unaccommodating world. That's interesting. Cause I think, I mean, now I think that means a lot more than it did then. Okay, it could be. I, I definitely could be projecting, you know, not that like, circumstances onto not it. Not that, that, that the plight of African Americans has, <laughs> has has been less, and like like oh, in the eighties and nineties was nothing. But I think mm -hmm. that that looking back on it, maybe our awareness of it is, is higher now. Uh, I, I, there's a great point about him distancing himself from the rest of the group. Mm -hmm. I think it's very subtle, but it's clear that he's kind of like, no, 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 let's, you, you stay here, you stay here, like don't. You know, don't don't deal with strangers and even the, con that. Even the conversation that they have about finding Vincent, it doesn't happen on the beach. And a majority of the of the conversations that do happen between the other characters happen on the beach. Even Jin and Sun, who are removed from the group, they're still on the beach, maybe in their own spot. But Michael and Walt do it under cover of the trees. Like they like physically leave the beach to have this conversation. That's really interesting. Um, so, and so, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue, uh, just so that we, we finish it here, that, that all these things that we talk about um, were decisions made by the directors and the writers. Mm -hmm. You know, um, sure. Let's go ahead and take uh, that out of it, because otherwise, I mean, stuff we're talking about is going to be moot. Okay. Right. So we can assume that things that happen that we see, we're going to go ahead and say that was probably done on purpose okay yeah i think that's fair
Um, Michael and Walt Sawyer. I think we see Kate next, and that okay. is when Jack is trying to sew himself up uh, by himself. And you know he's he's the hero, so he he will do it himself. Um, but uh, but in comes Kate, and she can save the day, and she sews him up. Um, this yeah, is a good scene. So sick. It's it's pretty great. You know, I used to quote uh, Jack's speech here about the nerves a lot. Can you do it? I can't now. Um, but I used to know it a lot better. But I just thought this whole moment was great. Jack, uh, the way he looks up at her and he's like holding the needle and oh, like so much of this, I, I have it in my head, like just to ingrain. And Kate's like reluctance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Evangeline Lilly is actually freaking like batting from the fences throughout these first couple episodes. I think she is. <laughs> Which I think she's doing amazing work. Whereas I think Jack, again, I think Jack in season three and season four really deserved an Emmy. Mm-hmm. I think here she's doing great work mm-hmm. because as we find out at the end, she's the one in handcuffs. Well, she's really the first character in the entire show that has to deal with her backstory. And it's, it's immediate there, right? Like you, um, I think it is her, I think episode two might be her flashback, but I mean, I, I forgot. I haven't seen it in a second. So, no, it is, but you, but you see her in handcuffs in the pilot, and oh, you, yeah, see, yeah. You, see, you see the handcuffs on the island, and then I thought to myself, oh, okay, I know this is Kate coming up. I wonder how much time goes by where people might get to like her, where we're left wondering who was the person wearing the handcuffs on the plane. But no, they actually cut to it very quickly. Um, and so she, she has to deal with that and bring that to the island, the first person with this uh, reveal of who she may have been before she got to the island. So I, I, I would agree with you. And I think that that's also because she's given more to do in that, in that standpoint. I guess Charlie brings drugs to the equation, but that's just not quite as interesting. Um, that's like a really good point. I actually never thought about the fact that she's really the first person to deal with her history as much as Jack is arguably the main character of the whole show. If you really want to get down to it, him and Locke. Yeah. He's the very first like big flashback we see. We see a couple in part two, but yeah. You know, he's the first main flashback we see. That's 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 really cool. And she yeah, see, I don't know. Because then you get into like her or at least kind of the heart of the show. Um but Kate, that, that's that's good, man. See, this is what I'm talking about. These are the kind of discussions, like looking at the show in a whole new light, like having been displaced by what? over a decade at this point. Mm-hmm. And the last time I saw it was 2014, all the way through. It's been a, been a minute for me. So that's key. So key also right away, we realized two, one badass mm-hmm. can you take care of herself. Yep. Doesn't know how to use a gun, but I think she's messing around. Um, I don't know about that. I feel like she knew how to take apart that gun. Yeah, she's definitely fearless as well. You know, she she sees the the monster and then immediately is like, "Well, we got to go back." Yeah. Um. All right. And, Who's next? We got. We still have Sawyer, Saeed. Sawyer is. You don't see him until he's uh, smoking on some wreckage uh, on the beach. 
I don't know if it was actually really. And I think his first actual like scene is him fighting with Saeed. Exactly. At at all before that? No, not really. It's a great intro because I'm pretty sure those two become friends at some point, Mm -hmm. like pretty close friends. Uh, Sawyer, great. Like you get this, like he's a Southern dude who's kind of racist. He's like, I absolutely believe Saeed when he was like, you were the one in handcuffs. You were the one in handcuffs. For that yeah, exactly. second before you realize it was Kate. Yeah, they set the drama up and then they were like, no, it was Kate. <laughs> but it made so much sense, right? It did. Um, and we do find out that Sawyer's definitely like a criminal at some point. The I, I felt like the uh, the humor really didn't hold up. I think Sawyer said something like, I've bagged chicks way hotter than you. <laughs> to the extent when he was talking to Evangeline Lily. And I was like, okay. <laughs> nice. One, definitely I'm- not true, but also that's weird. I kept thinking of like because in in interviews he uh, he started making like nicknames for everybody on the show. Okay. And then they kind of just were like, "Keep going with that." And so he would just like ad lib names like and, he, and I was just thinking about that the whole time watching like just calling like Hurley like Fatty and like Lardo and like <laughs> calling I think he calls Kate hot cakes at some hot cakes or hot cheeks at some point like that's amazing. And like he just went with it, or he he calls, but for Jack it was always Doc. Nice, always Doc. I don't think it was anything else besides Doc. So good though, man. Like I Sawyer Sawyer quickly became one of my favorites. At one point, he probably was my favorite character on the show, outside of Jack. Because I mean, I like Cyclops, so there's no way I can't like Jack. I think that's all the characters. What about Saeed? We gotta talk about Saeed. Yeah, I don't think you see uh, him until he's fighting Sawyer. But him. In this episode, again, all these people seem like they're really good people. This is a separate story, maybe, you know? Well, so he gets in the fight, and then he agrees to go fix the radio. But he's, he's clearly very respectful. Oh, absolutely. Like, he, very... has a great, he has a great exchange about fighting in the Gulf War. With Hurley. With Hurley. Yeah. He's like, oh, I had a buddy over there, and uh, he was in the you know 17th Division of the Air Force. What, what branch were you in? And he responds the Republican guard. <laughs> and, and so uh, Hurley just has like a deadpan look on his face. It's great. Right? No, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching that and not getting that joke the mm-hmm. first time around. Um, okay. So that's kind of our intros to all the characters. The last thing that I want to talk about for this pilot is mysteries. So again, um, for the most part, you know, Lost is about these characters. It's about these characters and their journey throughout the whole show. And we're going to focus on that quite a bit. And as much as I think that's true and that's what the, the people wanted, it, it's, it's ridiculous to say that Lost also isn't about these mysteries. And I think it's a secondary thing. And I think that, that there's, it's fine that all these aren't going to be answered. But, dude, from pilot on... They're setting up amazing mysteries, and these are mm-hmm. so intriguing. Um, and I have a couple written down here. I think I got all of them. Um, I mean, we get Kate, like, oh, she's a prisoner. What did she do? Kind of mystery. Okay. You have a lot of like character stuff where, like, uh, oh, Charlie was a drug addict, and how's how's he going to deal with that? And yeah, that's uh, we're gonna, we're going to find out um, pretty soon about Locke being paralyzed and why why do his, his legs work kind of shit um, but in this very first episode the within the first couple shots we see a pair of white shoes hanging on the tree and the camera holds there 
Do you know That's what those white shoes are? No, I don't. Those are the white shoes that Jack Stad is wearing in his coffin. Wow. Okay. And uh, they're not on his feet when they find his body. Okay. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And I didn't notice that the first time watching it because obviously I didn't. You know, why would I? But every time I've seen it through again, I've been like, damn, these people knew what they were doing from the start. From the start. That is. You know, which, which again, Leads me to believe that they knew from the start that what they were doing, that this show is about these characters, yeah. you know, not like, oh, they lost their way. They didn't know how to finish it. And then they just threw it together. No, no, no. They had a clear idea of what was going to go on. Maybe a couple of steps along the way faltered, but they knew where they were going. They had a, they had a road path. Um, the other mystery I wrote down uh, was the monster. Um, when we see, what is, I forgot. Do we, do we hear the monster in the woods first, or do we see the monster attack the pilot first? They are. Oh, I actually don't know if I have an answer because it, 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 it crops up like three times in the pilot. Right. Okay. So I, I think the monster is in the woods, kind of shaking stuff around, and we hear like yeah. a sound. Yeah. And then I think we go see the pilot, and we find like the. And it attacks the pilot. Yeah, it attacks the pilot, and but we we still don't see it at this point, and this is. This is the days. monster. This is going to be a big mystery for a lot of the show. Yeah. Um, and I love and kind of bleeds into the next one a little bit, but for the longest time we have no idea what this thing is. I remember at one point I think people thought it was Godzilla. Nice. Like or like a dinosaur. It certainly sounds like one. Um, and then when we realize what it really is, it's I don't know what's the word. Stocking. What's I'm covering, up? My, I'm covering my ears with the headphones still in my ears, but I feel like I shouldn't know this yet. Well, you don't know what the monster is? I don't remember. You abs- okay, I'm you, okay, you've seen through season four, you know what the monster is. I know, but I wanna like I wanna re-experience the monster. Really? You don't want me to tell you that it's it's fine. It's the black smoke. <laughs> yeah, okay. You remember the black smoke, right? These are like the other people, right? On the other side of the island? No, it's, it's just the black smoke. I don't remember that. Uh. Oh my God. <laughs> this is going to be so good. Uh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so the monster we find out is just this black smoke. And we find out a whole lot more about it, but I'll save you a little bit of that till we get there. Okay. It's ridiculous. Um, but we do know that that the sounds that it makes, or when you look at it, it's, it's supposed to kind of represent your deepest fears when you see the actual monster. Um, because it, it's kind of the embodiment of evil. Mm. Um, uh, which uh, is going to go into, at one point, people think it's a polar bear. Because we see a polar bear that Sawyer happens to shoot with a pistol. And, and of course, everyone says right monster. away, why the fuck is there a polar bear here? Which I love this part. I remember watching that pilot me and like, hell yeah. Why is there a polar bear there? The only thing I don't like about the polar bear is that they didn't eat its meat. Like they're on a deserted island with limited resources and food. Like you definitely need to take take the whole bear and cook it, you know? Yeah. Get some jerky for winter. I don't know. Really bugged me. Um, that's actually a good point. Why didn't they eat its meat? I don't know. Um, but the polar bear is there. This is this introduces the polar bear. 
And uh, they absolutely solved this at some point. So we'll get to that when we get to it. But I really enjoyed that mystery. I thought that was really cool. Um, we find Danielle's transmission, um, who we don't know is Danielle yet. But we at one point, they climb to the mountains to try and use this receiver. And they hear this transmission that essentially says, please come save me. Um, it killed all of them. Please come, come help, come help. And we find out that this transmission has been looping for 16 years. Yep. And we find out that Shannon did learn some French during. And, the- yeah, when she was over in Paris. Oh, Shannon. We didn't talk about Shannon. Yeah. What was Shannon doing the first time? They were on the beach just um, not doing anything. And you do, you do see her, a pretty clear shot of her and um, Boone in business class as Charlie is running up the plane to get to the bathroom so that he can take his drugs, which I thought was a nice little touch. Um, so Shannon, uh, who is not long for this world, she, uh, <laughs> quickly is, is shown to be this kind of spoiled rich kid kind of acting like a bitch and like horrible person. And I think that again, the pilot does a good job of showing like she's capable of more than that. Yeah. You know, she gets eventually Boone, who's trying so hard to be a hero and failing. Shannon kind of gives in and is like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go fucking help because I finally realized that nobody's coming to save us. Yeah. And you again you realize like all these people have goodness in their heart. It's just it all seems to be kind of clouded by some past, which We'll probably come back to us at some point, given that whole crux. one of the main themes of the show is redemption. Um, so we hear Danielle's transmission. The last thing that I wrote down, which I had seen before, but in watching it this last time, I realized, wow, just how much he lays out the entire show. Really? Is when Locke is playing backgammon and explaining it to Walt. Okay. And talking about the oldest game in the world. Uh-huh. 5,000 years old. The fight, which uh, he's... Oh, in ancient Mesopotamia, they find they find backgammon boarding pieces. There's a fight between light and dark. And both light and dark, if you know backgammon, you're trying to recruit pieces for yourself and who are, to win. That's the show. There you go. The whole show is a battle between light and dark. It's not the others and the survivors. It is not Jack and Locke. It is not this and that. It is this battle between light and dark. And it is the fact that both of that all of us are capable of both. And where we choose to go kind of defines our lives. And that on this island that battle rages in a very literal sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, and it's so good because as we go on, that battle becomes much more literal and we see these forces kind of begin to appear mm-hmm. and man, it's amazing. Mm. Let me tell you what mystery I want. I want solved. So the plane crashes and Jack says, that it hit an air pocket, and that's why the plane crashed. But I mean, come on, I, I need a better answer than this. This is uh, this is an unresolved mystery. There has to be 
You don't know why the plane crashes? No, I don't remember. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that. Okay, good. That's my I mystery. Think, I think we get to that in the second season. Okay. There's a very definite reason why the plane crashes. All right, good. Wow, this is going to be interesting. I haven't seen the show since high school. Like, what have God, we I forget how much younger you are than me. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. I think I was a junior <laughs> in college when I started watching it. Because I absolutely was out of college working when I finished. When, when it was I was in New York when it finished. Well, it was on a long time, so. Well, for sure. Um, oh, this is going to be great, Rico. <laughs> this is going to be so good. I knew you were going to like how much I forgot. <laughs> I Yeah, because I, I, I don't know if you, you misled me, but you, you definitely, I feel like you kind of made it sound like, oh, I, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, fucking lost. Hell yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's my MO, you know? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Um, no, this is, this is, this will be good. So this was the very first episode. Uh, we'll figure out a title. Like I said, I really like, we have to go back. I actually don't know if I'm allowed to use it. I'm assuming so. Cause we have no subscribers. So there you go. You um, are everybody. Just, just as a backup. Don't, don't forget about it. Nice. <laughs> I mean, who could it's drive shaft. Right. So what do you think, man? What, what else you, what else you got on the pilot? Uh, anything else that we kind of missed that you want to like talk about that, Anything that stood out to you that you forgot about? I mean, Hawaii is really freaking green. Like sure. that place is just—it's such a beautiful location to shoot. Um, I know that's that's not quite what you want wanted to hear, but it really stood out to me. Yeah, but what about the show though? <laughs> um, no, I, I I know that it's so carefully planned. And I think that that like astounds me looking back years. And that's not the only show that has done that, but it it does it very carefully. Uh, right. And, and I, I, I'm excited. Way. So this, I'm excited to see how things pay off again. Mm-hmm. To see if they pay off even better now that we're kind of going over it with a comb. Yeah. I'm also I'm actually really excited to see how bad are the missteps. Yeah, I, I uh, even even when I watched the show, some of the flashback scenes started to feel forced. Sure, and it was well, like, there's, you're going there's, down. A there's one specific episode that's really bad or that that's widely considered really bad, okay. which is the Thailand, the episode where Jack goes to Thailand to get his tattoos. That sounds fun. I'm looking forward to that because I've never liked that episode. I'm I'm excited. And I'm wondering, like, oh man, like maybe after doing all this, we'll see the point. I'm assuming we're not, but that's also fine. Do you know any shows after that do such extensive um, flashback episodes? No, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like Lost is so special in that, in that maybe True Detective season one, arguably. But I almost think that that is non-linear storytelling. Yeah, it's probably that more than anything. I think, again, I think Lost is very unique in what it did. I think it, it, it was a product of its time. I think that, that it captured lightning in a bottle. And I think people have tried to do Lost again and have mm-hmm. failed. Yeah, so I think that's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how the flashbacks hold up because on paper, I don't think they should work. I think they sound so gimmicky. 
and right. contrived. I will say that every time I rewatched Lost, because I didn't like the flashbacks the first time through, yeah, I just wanted to know what was happening on the island. That as I rewatch it, I enjoy the flashbacks more. Okay, see, now I'm excited for that too. So um, I'm, I'm and really I'm excited to see if that holds up. But then again, like again, like I fucking I don't like any of Claire's flashbacks. Okay, or at least I didn't. Or at least I didn't. Yeah, you know, um, time down under, huh? Oh uh, yeah. All right, man. This is sick. I am super stoked to continue this journey with you. I cannot believe you hit all your lack of experience with the show for me. I think that's pretty. Fine. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I know. And uh, this is going to be great. Like I said, um, if the other guys want to come on from time to time, more than welcome. And I we I send out my invite to all of you because I'm pretty sure you're all listening, you fuckers. Especially Matthew and Evangeline. Um... Yeah, Matthew Fox and Evangeline Lilly, if you guys want to come on, I, uh, I I welcome that. And you can kind of discuss your – dude, Matthew Fox, talk to me about that Thailand episode and what the idea was behind it. I would love it, Evangeline Lilly. I don't believe Jeremy Renner would have gone back to war and hurt Locker and left you alone with the baby. Fuck I... that because I wouldn't have left you. So what is that? <laughs> well done. Okay, yeah. signing off. <laughs> All right, so uh, this has been Drop the Dice. Bus, why don't you sign us out? Hope you enjoyed this episode of Drop the Dice. We'll see you next week.